Come be a part of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics with your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. Hear the voices of liberty speaking all across America. Doc Holliday provides thought-provoking interviews and commentary about the issues and actions that are afflicting this country and what we need to do to get America back on track. Get fired up. Get inspired. Get on board with Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right now. Once again, that's the sound of rock cracking. You've got Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right here on webtalkradio.net. I'm your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. Glad to have each and every one of you here. And man, <laughs> we, wow, talk about rock splitting politics. We've said that the 2024 presidential election will be unlike any other presidential election in American history. We're going to talk about how it's shaping up, how it is shaping up. We don't know what's going to happen when we get to the Iowa caucuses, when we get into January and February, New Hampshire primary, and the New Hampshire primary is supposed to kick things off, but not for the Democrats, not for Joe Biden. We'll talk about that some in a big show. uh, Our first show really discussing deep into what's happening in presidential politics for 2024 hey it's thanksgiving week and we're almost knocking on the door of 2024 so this will give you something to talk about around a turkey dinner about presidential politics you may not know about so listen to this week's show before we get started let me just say i'm gonna play a little clip about our speaker of the house the new speaker we've had a show about uh speaker uh johnson and I really like what he's doing. I really like the fact that he is our, the Speaker of the People's House. Closest to being a person, a, a man of the people than anyone we've had. Now, Nancy Pelosi was, you can just see with her husband, and, and the multi-millions of dollars they have. How close is she really to the people? And... Uh, I just like the fact that Speaker Johnson is so close to an ordinary, everyday person. Okay? So, let me play this little clip. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. We, I don't want to run out of time. At the end of the show, I'm going to play a clip about uh, some of the things that are coming up against the Speaker and what he's doing about it. And I will say one thing that I do like. He's releasing all the security videotape of what happened on January 6th. Do you know how many people have been convicted without being able to see all the tape, uh, without putting up, mounting up defense for uh, these people being convicted? What kind of country are we living in? But thank you, Speaker Johnson, for letting the people see it. It's not going to be all done at once, but he's he's promised to release all the security tape. I believe there's they're going to try to blur out people so there's no retaliation. And maybe f- they said there's a certain low percentage that for uh, capital security purposes only, they may not be able to show. Now, 
Is that what the Democrats uh, marked as can't show? I don't know. I hope the Democrats didn't um, be, be like in Watergate where, uh, you know, President Nixon's secretary stepped on a recorder and erased some, erased some tape. So surely, surely the Democrats would never erase any of that footage. I hope not. <laughs> but why didn't they show it to the American people? Why didn't they show it? No, they used it. They used these tapes as a political weapon. You remember the primetime persecution put on by the January 6th committee? Wouldn't let anybody look at all the tapes. Well, let everybody look at all of them. Don't just cherry pick them. But thank you, Speaker uh, Johnson, for allowing the American people to think with their own brains. Okay, Ah, enough said. Let's. Let's talk about presidential politics. Wow, where, where do you start? Where does anybody start? Well, start with the president of the United States who says he's running for re-election and he gets lost on the stage. How many times have we seen him look with that far-off stare in his eye, not quite sure where he is, what he's doing, why he's there? Have you noticed that? Even with the White House giving him cliff notes, and they give him cards of which, uh, which reporter to call on, and I mean, any think what they would do if Donald Trump was doing that. Think back when when they'd have people hollering and screaming at Trump at press, uh, trying to do a, any kind of a, a press conference. You remember how they would scream and yell and. And, and how disrespectful they would be to the President of the United States? Why don't they do that to Joe Biden? <laughs> Why don't they do that to his press secretary? <laughs> but let's look, starting with Joe Biden. He says he's running for re-election. Who believes him? Who believes him? How many Democrats believe that? But uh, it's, it's just obvious what they're doing is the Democratic Party is making Joe Biden, uh, what, what do they call it, like a stalking horse? He's just holding that position so they don't have to go through the formalities of letting the Democrats, the people who vote for Democrat, they don't want the Democrats to have a primary. No, they want the smoke-filled room to decide when everybody says, okay, Joe, oh, Joe can't do it. <laughs> he just can't go. We can't put him on the ballot. He's, they'll come up with some excuse, but then they will determine who they want. Not the Democratic people, not the people who make up the Democratic Party. It's, these are the... the uh, cigar-smoking old rooms where they picked the presidential candidate. That's what we've returned to in the Democratic Party. I mean, even now, they say, you know, the the Democratic Party, the uh, National Committee, they said if uh, any candidate campaigns in New Hampshire, (laughs) then all the delegates will be disregarded. Anybody, Anybody that would... Uh, try to win a New Hampshire primary because New Hampshire, uh, the state of New Hampshire, by law, by statute, has to have the first primary in the country. And Joe Biden and uh, his team said, no, we're not going to do it any longer. We want South Carolina to have the first primary. 
and they had their reasonings on that. They said New Hampshire is too white. Oh, is that discrimination? I don't know. But they said New Hampshire is too white and does not represent America. But South Carolina does, okay? Re- represents America. So, But New Hampshire, the, the Republicans there and the people leading the state government, they said we were going to go by the law, the statute, the laws of New Hampshire saying they'll have the first primary and they put theirs one week before South Carolina's. So if I guess any Democrats go up there to campaign, they will be punished and no delegates will count from New Hampshire. And there's even more punishment. That's what they told uh, RFK Jr. He was running as a Democrat. He is no longer. We're going to talk about him in just a minute. But let's just say (laughs) the Democrats are going to nominate somebody, and chances are it will not be Joe Biden. Now, I have not seen uh, odds from Vegas about, you know, uh, Joe Biden being the nominee. Uh, what, what's the percentage or what's, uh, what, what's the betting uh, percentage that Joe Biden is going to be the Democratic nominee? They probably don't want that to come out, do they? But... Who would it be? Gavin Newsom has been making a lot of trips around the country. Michelle Obama, does, does she want to put up with uh, running for office? Does she have the experience, the stature? Does, she's never been a government official. Can she be the president of the United States? Will the American people elect her? Oh, wow. So who are the Democrats? Oh, it could be Kamala Harris. Does anybody believe? Does anybody believe that the vice president of the United States, handpicked by Joe Biden and all the Democrats, everybody thought everybody just fall in line and get right behind Kamala Harris, but she has been such a joke. The Democrats know she cannot win. She will not be. She will not accumulate votes from the American people, uh, and she is written off the page. She's been written off the page. So what is that? What does that tell you about uh, the Democrats? They can't. Eat, they don't like the president. President. Uh, they know he's too old, and they don't like the vice president, Kamala Harris. So, uh, okay, that's the Democrats. Now, how about the Republicans? What's going on? Well, so often we said, well, a year ago, everybody had written Donald Trump off. You know, they were raiding uh, Mar-a-Lago. They were. Uh, they they were just they're gonna have him in handcuffs and in jail, you know what? And Donald Trump may be in jail, but there's nothing in the Constitution that says he can't be president of the United States. What do he have to do? Pardon himself? But he can be elected, and right now it looks like he will be getting a Republican nomination in some, unless something major happens. Now, Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida. Keep saying we have not even had Iowa caucuses, and he's betting everything just about on the Iowa caucuses. He's got the backing of the governor there, I believe Governor Reynolds there in Iowa, and 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 so he's campaigning hard. But I, that is something a year ago it looked like that Trump would have to uh, uh, would not be able to muster all the excitement that was surrounding the DeSantis campaign. But that train never left the station. DeSantis, something happened. (laughs) The train fell apart at the station. 
it seems like. Now, can he pull out a miracle in Iowa, New Hampshire? Well, that's why he's not giving up. And then uh, it seems, you know, how all the press and, and the press, how much is liberal and how much is conservative? But all the press is getting behind Nikki Haley, just the way they got behind Joe, John McCain in 19, uh, well, not 19, John McCain in 2008. And as soon as John McCain had enough delegates, not even at the convention, not waiting for the convention, but as soon as John McCain had enough delegates, and everybody knew he was going to be the nominee, then the press cut loose and chopped him all over the place, tried to rip him in two, and for all kind of stories. The same is waiting for Nikki Haley. They want her to go in there, and and uh, and, and that's why the press seems to be getting behind Nikki Haley, and 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 they want her to be the the nominee because they're gonna cut her up in shreds. They're ready to, but right now it looks like. If you're a betting person, that Donald J. Trump is going to be uh, renominated for the uh, Republican, be the Republican nominee for the third time in a row. That is a high chance of that. So we talked about the Democrats. We talked about the Republicans. Oh, that's all we need to talk about national elections for president. Correct? Well, not in 2024, because. Donald Trump has a strong, strong base. And that's why it's going to be hard for anybody to beat him in the Republican Party for the Republican nomination. He's got a strong, probably 40% solid, red, strong base here across America. 40%. That is remarkable. For all the bad press, all the hatred, all the the tricks, shenanigans, and uh, you know arrests and indictments and all this stuff going on in Donald Trump's life, but forty percent in is that not incredible? Forty percent in the general population in America, it's solid for Donald Trump, but you cannot win a presidential election with forty percent. Probably. <laughs> I said probably. Why? Well, let me tell you why in just a moment. But first, let me remind you, you listen to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. You're listening to us right here on webtalkradio.net. And Doc Holliday has a new novel out. I had a novel last year, earlier this year, came out called Hatchy, Keeper of the Secret. Well, it's a it's going to be a seven-book series. Book number two is just released. It's called Hatchy, the Golden Chalice. And you can get both books by going to www.hatchybooks.com. And you ask, how do you spell Hatchy? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's H-A-T-C-H-I-E books. Hatchybooks.com. So go there. You can go there and check that out. And uh, you can even get the first chapter free. There's a way to do that. If you go to hatchybooks.com, I hope you'll get the book. Hey, it is gift-giving season. And what better way than uh, give a, a book of entertainment, mystery, adventure, and action. So uh, it's a book that 
it's just a little different from most other books you're going to get. It's got to have some Doc Holiday authenticity in there. So get the book, and I hope you enjoy it. Get one for your neighbors, your friends. And I will tell you, everybody, well, you, you do conservative politics, and I'm going to read your book. No, there's no politics in these books. It's some straight, good old, just good old reading, and I hope you enjoy it. And that is called Hatchy Keeper of the Secret and Hatchy the Golden Chalice. And book three, I'm working on it now. So maybe uh, this time next year we'll be talking about book three in the series of Hatchy. Now, I'm, uh, I've been talking and talking about this presidential, uh, sh- sh- the way it's shaping up for 2024. So let me play a little clip. T- take a listen to this. And, you know, I look to see what's going on, what went on in San Francisco the last couple days. You know, they, the city is in squalor. There's poop on the streets. There's people using drugs, people getting mugged, crime, all this stuff. But then Xi Jinping's come into town, and what do they do? They get the poop off the sidewalk. They get to clear the homeless. They stop the drugs. They stop the crime. And then you have this meeting where Xi's there, and you got some of these American CEOs basically just groveling in front of this dictator. And that just shows you, even with where, where we are now, uh, and China wants to have more power over our country, but how many people in this country bend the knee to the whims of the Chinese Communist Party? Those guys make money on Wall Street and stuff, uh, but they're empowering an adversary at the expense of the well-being of the American people. So. We cannot be in a position where we're relying on an adversary for key things that are uh, necessary for our national survival. So we are going to reshore supply chains. Not everything, every component has to necessarily be here. I want as much as possible, but there's friendly nations where supply chains work, and that's, that's great. But relying on China is a big, big mistake. Uh, I think what you're going to need to do do is you are going to have tax and regulatory policy that's going to incentivize the reshoring. I don't think you could just say reshore. I think this has happened because there's economic incentives that have pushed us into that direction. So we will have, uh, we will champion incentives and restructure some of the things so that it makes it economical uh, to be here in the United States. That was, of course, Governor Ron DeSantis and talking about reshoring, not having our supply chains all uh, beginning in China. Well, isn't that what Donald Trump did starting in 2017 when he got sworn into the presidential office? Well, Trump was working on that even before COVID, saying we need to reshore. Now, uh, Governor Santos had what he said was great, and I loved hearing it. But but it's something that Donald Trump already started was well into it, and then COVID exposed how bad it was, and how the supply chains got all messed up. I believe if Donald Trump had stayed in the White House in 2020 instead of Joe Biden coming in, we probably would never had the severity of the supply chain issues some of it's tied to energy but so much of it's tied to the the inflation that was rampant because of the spending by joe biden now i mean we had already spent so much we didn't have to keep pouring the money out 
And that's what, you know, it caused more people to want more of the uh, demand was more because everybody had this money. You, you know what happened to cryptocurrencies? <laughs> I mean, they went out skyrocketed because everybody got these uh, $3,500 checks from the government and, and then got another check and another check and got, uh, well, I'm just saying, wow, what a different world we'd have right now if Donald Trump had stayed in office in 2020. Such a better world. Just think about it. Ukraine would have never been invaded by Russia. I doubt if Hamas would have ever uh, gone into Israel. We got wars breaking out everywhere. China just licking their chops over Taiwan. There's incredible poor, low morale because there's a lack of American leadership, a lack of American toughness. They look at our president and say he is weak. And it's been demonstrated, and that's where enemies have been emboldened but think about inflation would we have ever had severe inflation if donald trump had been in charge of the economy if he had a businessman in charge of the economy instead of a uh a lifetime allegedly crooked should i say allegedly <laughs> we'll have to get congressman coleman here and let us know if it's allegedly or if it's true but a crook, nonetheless, we know his, he had criminal actions when he, when he had, uh, had top-secret information, uh, classified information, sitting by his Corvette for years in his garage. He took it out as a senator, was never supposed to take it out as a senator, and he couldn't declassify anything. Trump could declassify anything. If he said it's declassified, it's declassified. Because that's the power of a president. It's not the power of a vice president. And wow. But here we go. Here we go. We got, we got so much to talk about. And because we say it's Donald Trump with the Republican nomination. And we don't know that for sure. But it's highly likely. And then whoever the Democrats put up. But what else is going on? Well, Jill Stein, who is Jill Stein? Well, she's probably the reason Donald Trump became president because she took just enough votes in the swing states for Trump to beat Hillary Clinton. So Jill Stein at age 73 says she's going to run again. Everybody in their 70s wants to run, it seems like. Or RFK Jr., who started as Democrat, and he's not in his 70s yet, just his late 60s. I think he's about 68. But RFK Jr., Rant started as a Democrat, and they did not play fair with him. So he's jump ship. He's running third party. He's got the Kennedy name, and some Kennedy backers, and some Democrat backers are behind RFK Jr. So he's running third party. Jill Stein's running third party for the Green Party. But there's another. Cornell West is a big name. He's leftist. He's running as a People's Party presidential candidate. But Cornel West has a he could pull some uh, some of the far lefters. He could pull them out of the Democratic Party, especially if Joe Biden happens to be the nominee and he's so weak. But that's not that's not all in a in a uh, third party field. Guess who? Joe Manchin said he's not running again for uh, the Senate, the U.S. Senate in the state of West Virginia. That opens that up for hopefully a Republican to take over a Democrat seat.
But Joe Manchin has toyed with the idea of the, the no labels group. It's not really a party, but they, they like to say, let's have bipartisanship, get somebody to run for president, and then maybe a former Republican run as vice president and call it the no labels party. It hadn't really taken off, but it could if they get Joe Manchin behind it. Now, what would it look like if Joe Manchin was no labels, uh, RFK Jr. was uh, RFK Jr., just his own party, Jill Stein, the Green Party, Cornell West, uh, uh, the People's Party, and there could be some more. But look, just having that, Jill Stein got 1%. What if Cornell West gets 1% or 2%? RFK Jr., he could be like Ross Perot. But now would Trump voters or would it be uh, uh, Democrat voters that vote for RFK Jr.? Well, it depends on a lot on who the Democrat nominee is. But going back, we know Trump has a solid 40%. If, say, if Cornel West and Jill Stein uh, get, uh, say, 2% of the vote, RFK Jr. gets 10%. 12%, I mean, that that puts uh, Donald Trump, even if he only gets his supporters and no other votes, the people, you know, the people always hate Trump, they'll never vote for him, they're never Trumpers. But there's a lot, I say a lot, that, you know, if Trump has a solid 40%, he only needs to get 2 or 3% of those others who are sort of on the borderline. If we got that many people running, he may win the popular vote. Uh, it's 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 really a difficult election for president that all the pundits, whatever they're saying now, will be wrong. And what I'm telling you is this is that way it's shaping up. But but it, it's going to be different from what I just said. We're just saying it's shaping up, and a lot's going to happen. You look at health issues for uh, for anybody in their seventies. What would happen if they had a bad health issue well i'll just say this stay tuned to doc holiday's rock splitting politics now they're talking about uh johnson's uh the speaker johnson's uh becoming uh head of the people's house and the house of representatives they were let me play this clip right here and we'll wind up the show but uh, you know some of the things he's facing and what some people are saying and conservatives are saying Take a listen to this. This is uh, Matt Gates. I'm not going to praise him. I'm not going to curse him. I'm just saying he was on with Newsmax, and they brought up some conservative part of what they like about Speaker Johnson. thought I'd play a couple minutes of this for you. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. It was MAGA versus the rhinos, and MAGA sent the message to the rhinos. It's your turn. Their term is history. MAGA Mike Johnson, the new House Speaker, he is a devout man of God. He is a brilliant constitutional scholar. Some of my favorite moments in Congress have been watching Mike Johnson wipe the floor with Jamie Raskin on the Democrat side on the finer points of constitutional law and process. And I know now that the speakership will exist to empower the members of Congress, not the members of the lobbying corps on K Street. That is the principal change. And I want to thank you, Eric.
because on some other conservative networks, right, maybe so-called conservative networks, they refused to even give the prospect of a change of the speakership any opportunity to enhance the interests of the American people. And you, you saw the vision to have a more conservative speaker, to have a more honest speaker. We have now delivered on that. We've got to get to our budgeting issues. We're going to pass our Israel support resolution. And we've got to get this border closed, all while dealing with a woke and weaponized I, I, government. I want, to get, Congressman, I, want, I want to get to the policy in a minute, but I want to stay on that for a second, because you're right. We were here. This, this show specifically said, mm-hmm. take your time. Do it right. Get the right person. Don't rush through it. Being correct, being right is better than being first or fast. And some people on other networks didn't like it. Let me explain why I'm saying this. Minutes, minutes after, uh, I'll call him Magic Mike. You can call him MAGA Mike. But I'll call him Magic Mike Johnson. Somehow get got a full house vote, complete uh, the complete GOP voting for him. Within minutes of his getting the gavel, over on Fox News, Carl Rove comes up. And I can't tell you, he spent seven minutes explaining why it was going to be so difficult for Mike Johnson, why it was going to be so difficult to keep uh, Kevin McCarthy engaged. And I'm thinking, who the heck cares if McCarthy's engaged or not? It's time. It's a new it's a new D.C. It's a new speakership. It's a it's a new GOP caucus, is it not? Newsmax, you are so correct. <laughs> is it not a new a new era? A new time. It's a time of fresh air for conservatives, for Americans, for liberty lovers, for people who enjoy freedom. To have somebody with the intellectual ability and capacity to bring together the people to elect him as speaker. And then to govern in that way with such a small, small majority. But I really like Speaker Johnson. Pray for him. Let's support him. I think he could be the most important speaker of the House that we have seen in well over a century. That's saying a lot. He has that potential. I'm telling you. And now we got to say stay tuned for next week as we talk more presidential politics and see what shapes up. And I just told you. Speaker Johnson has a great future if Americans like you will get out and support Republican candidates, conservative candidates, and make sure the Democrats do not take control of the House in 2024. It's in your hands, America. God bless you. See you next week. Take care. Thanks for joining us today, and remember to listen again next week for another edition of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. You can order Ed's new book, Bedrock Truths, by clicking on the book cover right in front of you on the screen, or visit DocHolliday.org. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week.